Thank you for joining us again on the Fuel Your Fandom podcast. My name is Saint. I want to welcome you back around. Just a little maintenance before we get started with this episode. Uh, I do want to say that you can find us on all of the major uh, platforms for uh, podcasting. Anchor, of course. Anchor FM is where we got our start here. We're available on Apple Podcasts. We're available on Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and of course the one I use mostly is Spotify. So uh, all you need to do is to go to your search engine and search out Fuel Your Fandom, and that's where you'll find us. Uh, Also, I want to give a huge shout out to uh, one of our first supporters of the podcast, uh, Christina. I want to thank you for uh, donating uh, to the podcast that helped keep our costs low. Uh, if you feel like you want to chip in and donate uh, a few cents here, a buck here, whatever you want to do, we are of course eternally grateful. Uh, you can donate at our anchor page, anchor.fm slash fandom. So, today uh, I am joined by Thomas. Hello. And Daniela. Hello. So today what we're going to do is we're going to have a conversation that we're calling uh, Nerd by Proxy. The reason we're calling it Nerd by Proxy is just kind of maybe something that you're not into specifically, but the people that you hang around or the people that you're influenced by are really, really overpoweringly into something and just how it rubs off on you over time. Now, what I usually like to do at the beginning of every episode, I like to kick it to my my co-hosts to kind of talk about a little something that they're interested in. So, Tom, we've done you about 15,000 times now, but hit us up with some new. Yeah, I like, I, but, you know, I keep it relevant. Real real important note, though, for this conversation, since it's by proxy, I'm Saint's brother-in-law, yep. and I'm Daniela's younger brother by a year. So, we... Right. This is definitely a by proxy and like rubbing off on each other's episode. Right. So, that was kind of the reason I wanted Tom involved with this conversation, too, is because, of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, Daniela is my wife. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we've been married. I am Mrs. Saint, and Thomas is my brother. Yep. We've been married for, what, like 11 years now, almost? We've been married for nine, together for 11. Oh, got it. Okay. So. Uh, it's a husband move. Sorry. <laughs> that's, how you know, that's how you know this is not a lie. <laughs> right. I'm not just pulling numbers out of my ass. I just, time's ceases to have all meaning after a while when you're an adult but uh so really yeah that's kind of the relevant part of the conversation is that you know of course Danielle's exposure to me over the last 11 years has opened her up to various and sundry nerdery things that i'm into Mm -hmm. but it didn't start with me thomas it may have started with you yeah i uh i handed the ball off for sure for sure because like uh you guys met right when i moved out Mm -hmm. pretty Uh, close yeah Anyways, so yeah, so back to I'm, that. I'm 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 known for liking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Growing up, I'm known for being the Dragon Ball Z guy, <laughs> um, and I'm known for being a video game video game nerd. So mm-hmm. that's really my slice of the pie of fandom. My t- uh, what I'm known for, I think. Pizza pie. P- my papata. Pizzas. Pizzas. That's something different. That's a different podcast. Uh, what about you, Daniela? What is something that you are uh, nerdy about? Something that you are a big fan of? Um, I, don't, I think it was hard to get into the idea of fandom because fandom always seemed to be something that people had to be obsessed about and you had to know every single detail. Mm-hmm. Well, it is based on and, the word fanatic. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, that was overly powering to my view of what fandom was. 
um, same as a lot of, like, the toxic fandom came up with, like, oh, you know, like me, like, I like all the Lord of the Rings movies. I've seen them all. I enjoy them all. Right. But I've never read the book, so I've always been told, well, you can't be a fan of that because you don't know everything. Yeah. As a girl, you definitely got held back of, like, if you're not into it enough, then you're not a real fan. Right. So. And so my first real... You always have to prove yourself. Yeah, yeah, my first real feeling of fandom was reading the Hunger Games books. It was something that I really got into and I really enjoyed. Um... And then that opened it up to being a fan of, like, the Maze Runner books, which then I got my son into. James Dasher? Yeah. And then, you know, that was something we could have conversations about. Um, Other than that, reading just, like, whodunit books, like murder mysteries and stuff like that, like, I always thought those were cool. And that's why, like, I am a big fan of, like, Dan Brown because his books are so intelligent, but they're so engrossing. What would you think of Tom Hanks' hair? In the Da Vinci Code. Obviously, I'm a fan. You can't see me, dear listener, but shit. His hair very much emulates. I just woke I just up. Um, uh, not to put labels on you, but I always felt that you were known as the Nightmare Before Christmas fan. Yeah. I mean, you end up with gifts for it. You know, yeah. you get you get it shoved on you still. Yeah. 30 years later. I do. Yeah, well, that was... Because I think it was more surprising to people how much I liked it. And, but everybody always comes to you, like, they want to discuss it with me, like, in, they're like, oh, it's so emo and so dark. And it's not really, though, if you actually pay attention to the story of it, it's about somebody who's, you know, they're sick and tired of doing the everyday thing. They find something new and inspiring, but everybody around him backs him up. Wants they him don't to be, question yeah. it. Mm-hmm. They're just like, we trust you. We're going to go full force yeah, into they're this. They're oddly supportive. But, right? Like, but isn't that, like, a great thing? Like, no, it's great, yeah. All of you people love and trust me. Let's fucking do this thing. And, see, I don't think that the emo label for that necessarily came from the story, which I think the story itself is, as you said, it's very uplifting, very supportive. Someone wants to try something new. I think a lot of the emo aspect comes from the, the Tim Burton connection yeah. because everything Tim Burton does has this, like, sheen of... It's the animation style with it. Well, yeah. Because, yeah, if you, I mean, if you took that same exact storyline and you just animated it in someone else's, you Did know, it like a Moana. Yeah, you could make it cute. Yeah. Yeah, you, it, yeah totally. And um, But it's, yeah, it's a Baroque know? art style. I mean, the, Very much so. there's every, skeletons everywhere. I mean, yeah. you can't see skeletons and not think darkness to be, you know. Right. That's true. And a lot of people ascribe their own personal meanings to things, which is kind of, part and parcel to being a fan you read uh maybe something even the author hasn't even thought of you know you read into that and it's like oh well mm-hmm. shit i didn't think of that yeah. okay are yeah. these curtains just blue yeah did you yeah did you spark something else in somebody that you didn't intentionally mean to provoke mm-hmm. that's yeah fan 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 theories breathing life in this stuff has always been like one of the cool things it's oh we like, got a conversation coming up on fan theories <clears throat> i cannot possibly wait for that shipping it yeah for sure shipping is a big thing but back to getting labeled as a thing, as a fan of things, Kevin, I haven't, you know, what did you get labeled as being a fan of? Oh, uh, most of my life it's either been comic books or Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, or Star Trek. Right. Uh, those are kind of my three main uh, do, you, do you think you fit that categories. shoe? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I've been into Star Wars, again, like I said, uh, since I could remember what Star Wars was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi were kind of my jam back as a kid. Um, 
of course, nothing to be said about New Hope. New Hope's great too, but uh, Empire was always my my go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Trek. I've been watching or involved in the Star Trek universe probably since Wrath of Khan. Whenever Wrath of Khan came out, I could Google it, but eh. Uh, well, it's after '87, right? Because TNG was already on, right? So I mean, and and so the TV shows and everything mm-hmm. else, and of course comic books. As long as I can remember, um, Batman, uh, X Men, things like that. So um, I've always kind of had that. I don't want to call it a stigma. Stigma is kind of a hard word to express that, but because there's a lot of negative connotations to the word stigma. But um, I've always had that that label on me, like you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course they just get worse when you grow up and yeah when you when you grow up you kind of when you're young you're kind of your view of 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 nerd culture and things you don't necessarily think of it as a fandom yeah it's kind of a myopic view it's just well these are the things i like this is why i like them who cares uh like like 10 year old thomas and ninja turtles yeah it's just what you like yeah you know but as you grow older your view kind of expands because you have the ability to get more involved in the community aspect of what you were doing. So, right. like, uh, Star Wars universe opened up. I'm able to do more things like read the books. I'm able to do things like read the comics. Get really involved in the backstories. And, and, fi- and until Kathleen Kennedy throws those out the window, but whatever. Um, but so you're able to expand and broaden your fandom. And that's when I think it becomes a fandom. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you, like we were talking about, if you're, what you're a fan of as an adult and like what you really get into, that's like when you're a huge fan of something. Because like, like I said, I put the label on Daniela of being a fan of Nightmare Before Christmas and it's just like, well, it's because it was cool and because we were four. (laughs) You know? I mean... So it's like, how, how big of a fan can you be when you only know a few things? Like, as a kid, I mean, I'm definitely the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle kid. And that's because, like, that first movie's sick. I don't care. Like, even to this day, of course, those first two movies I are amazing. I still watch that movie. Right. And the first cartoon show Poor was friend. really good. <laughs> Poor friend. <laughs> well, I, I remember us as kids. So, yeah, like, I mean, being the nerd by proxy, it was you that let me do things. Yeah. That was like... Oh, I can, I, yeah, I could play with Legos, I could play with action figures, I could play Mario and kick everybody's ass. Yeah. Dude, don't play her at Mario (laughs) Kart, she is so fucking competitive. But, like, now, like, as an adult, it's like, like, I'm still, like, really into Mario and all that, and it's like, but I'm allowed to be now as an adult because nerd culture is accepted, but as a girl, like, Mario was, like, totally not cool, Except if we were at home, I could go to your room and play Mario for three fucking hours straight, and you never questioned me on it. Yeah, well, because, like, you know, when you're a little kid, you're not sexist about anything. You're just, cool stuff is cool stuff. You don't really, you don't really get it. Like, I played with just as much dolls as you played with G.I. Joe's. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there was no difference when you're, when we grew up together. And again, that, that all falls back on the fact that, that uh, hatred and bigotry is not something we're born with. It is definitely something we're taught. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, a, which is unfortunate. But are you, like, I I remember playing like Ninja Turtles with you, and like you got all the action figures, and Dude, we were playing. Stopping. But I mean, I remember like you had like you'd gotten like the dome 
for like your birthday the or something. Oh god, and we dude! Were playing... I did. I had the Technodrome. Yeah, it was sick. It was... That looked huge. Oh my it god! Huge. It was worth like the two hundred bucks. Yeah, my parents put on it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But when we were all playing with like the neighbor kid, and like he took the action figure I was playing with, and you went up and you like smacked him across the head and gave it back to me. Because <laughs> like he like because he didn't want me to have the turtle. Yeah. He was like, "No, you be April O'Neil." Yeah. And I, and we Fuck were all the same age. And my brother's just like, "Whack, give back the turtle." <laughs> like it was okay for like for me to do that, but then as you got older, being a girl, it's like, "No, you're not allowed to like you know Mario Kart because Mario Kart's a boys' game." Well, that's the thing. It's like I think when you're a little kid, you kind of get the stuff that's a, your parents want you to be into, like shoved down your throat. So like you got your room painted pink. And I got a bike. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's hard to be a fan of anything when you're really young. And so, like, you kind of, like, the things that kind of stick, mm-hmm. maybe you're not, like, a real diehard fan of, but it's what you grew up on. What you're exposed and so, to. so, like, yeah. if you're not, you know, being that fan of that thing, like, you may not still be hardcore on it, but I think there's, like, a nostalgic place that still makes it important to, like, go back to and, like, be like, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, I haven't watched that movie in... 15, 20 years, because I don't really, you know, who gives a shit? But, but it, it's still, like, part of who I am. Right. And it's more... It like, almost becomes part of your nerd genetic makeup. Right. At that point. Well, that's how, kind of, like, with Star Trek. Okay, so Dad used to always watch Star Trek, yeah. and half the time he'd fall asleep watching it. Yeah, but boring. I remember that intro scene. <laughs> I remember, you know, bits and pieces of it. So it's kind of like... When you think of Star Trek, like, Picard will always be, you know, like, my captain, because that's what... Mm. Oh, captain, my captain. Yeah, but, like, Picard will always be, like, the man, because, you know, that's he where was, you, like, That's yeah. where you started. And he's yeah. fucking awesome. But... I'll give you that. Patrick um, Stewart is pretty so, fucking but awesome. But I never really got into, like, what was Star Trek, because, you know, I like a story to follow along. You like and, a, you like a narrative, yeah. And so you, with you'd it, be surprised. I just watched it front to back all seven seasons. <coughs> it actually carries a thread, kind of. But see, eh, kind of not as easy. You got to you got no, I mean, to look it, for it. It's not episodic but, for sure, but right. Like it's it. But I got into Discovery because that is very episodic, and the story you know mm-hmm. very much follows through every single episode and builds on itself. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. If this is what Star Trek was all along. I totally, you know, would be like a Trekkie. Right, and I, and I remember uh, distinctly we had that same kind of conversational feel when we started watching Battlestar Galactica's reboot. Um, because it had that narrative, and that's what kept us coming back week after week to watch it. Uh, well, I had it on DVD. Yeah. However often we watched it. It was so. much easier to watch. Right, as opposed to Story of the Week, Alien of the Week, which a lot of the original series is, had done... Um, uh, as far as, like I said, I did a count at one point. I was, I was really interested in the idea of how many episodes in each season of each Star Trek, uh, were standalone versus, uh, episodic, mm-hmm. like two or three, four parters. Mm-hmm. And Enterprise actually came out ahead of the TOS and, uh, Next Gen because, um, I think there was some point it was like a three-parter, a two-parter, a four-parter, a two-parter and there was a lot more narrative content versus like TOS or Next Generation and of course Deep Space Nine I hold separate because Deep Space Nine has an overlying arc of the Dominion War after season three and of course Voyager always has that overriding arc of back to the Alpha Quadrant so 
I think that's what helped push Voyager in a more positive direction for a lot of people was that it had more of a an end game. It had a goal in mind, and every episode was developed towards getting to that goal, achieving that goal, mm-hmm. more or less. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you're always going to have your episodic content, but um, so. Now, we, we kind of diverged away from the topic, but... Okay, so you say you're into things like, like Lord of the Rings? Uh, I, yeah, so, I, like, right now, you like you listed a, a start, like, a couple young adult novel series. Mm-hmm. Right. So how is, like, being a fan of something that's, like, relatively small and doesn't have, like, a lot of... I, don't, I guess just merch... Like, you're, yeah. you're not getting Maze Runner t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you got quite a bit of Hunger Games stuff, but it's kind of fizzled out now that mm-hmm. there's no box office pull behind it. How do you express yourself? Do you feel like you can't be that big of a fan? Do you, Or do you just, you know, mm-hmm. do you think it's different than just being a Harry Potter fan where you got fucking cloaks in every color? Mm-hmm. I definitely, I feel like, um, so there's not as many point of views. So, mm-hmm. like, because your world's not as big. Mm-hmm. And... It's not so much, like, the toxic feel. Like, you know, I feel like I can say, you know, oh, you know, I like the Hunger Games, you know, novels. You know, I kind of like the movies. They're all right, but I really like the novels. And you get a bit of, you know, that people, like, jumping down your throat, like, wanting to know, like, how do you remember every single detail versus just your view of a piece of it, maybe. Whereas, you know, like, Star Wars is such, like, a vast universe. Like, you can talk about fucking, you know, a piece of it. Like, Stormtroopers for two solid hours. Or Jar Jar Binks. Or some, a piece of it and be, you know, engrossed and be totally fine with the conversation. Whereas, something as small as Hunger Games, you have to discuss the entire trilogy in order to have a conversation. Yeah, there's really, like... That conversation does kind of end fast. Mm-hmm. Like you could Which talk is... about Obi Wan for days, and I have, right. and it's just <laughs> and it's just one character, and it's because yeah. the fandom has. I mean, granted, over the years there's been a lot of stuff breathed into Obi Wan, mm-hmm. you know, th- through official channels. I mean, but like, yeah, like a a large following will make a big deal out of a small molehill, mm-hmm. but even a relatively big thing. Like the Hunger Games, which was had quite a big, big pull there, mm-hmm. doesn't have that big of fandom. So they're not, there's not diving into every mm-hmm. little detail about stuff. There's not a lot of talk about every cool little facet. So it is, yeah, mm-hmm. it is kind of like, is it a thumbs up or thumbs down? And then the conversation's kind of over. Yeah, well, that's kind of um, like, I mean, that's the same thing as like I've learned to think of again. I like uh, the word fandom kind of eludes me, but. I've really noticed more as an adult like that I I'm a big fan of like the Jurassic Park and Hell all yeah. that. Hell like, yeah. Like I read those books back to back in one day. Yeah. Fuck but, yeah. Like, so Alright, it took I, me a little longer than one day, but I was the same way I devoured the books. Yeah, yeah great. but like so like I read the books, I mean after seeing all of pretty much all the movies that had been made. But I remember seeing that in the theater. That was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. I Three was trash. Was when you know, I remember being in the theater and I remember at points like, you know, our sister's trying to, like, cover our eyes because it might be scary. And I'm like, ooh. And I just remember being excited about it. But as a little kid, I didn't realize that. And But you kind of sometimes lose that a little bit as an adult. Like, you start talking about people are like, oh, yeah, dinosaurs, cool. 
And yeah. I'm like, but it's a fucking that awesome. Movie, that movie was a technological marvel well, start to you, finish. But all, the whole, st- all of the movies, I love them. And Even three? <clears throat> I think we need to admit you, that well, Jurassic Park 3 was trash. When you're 10 or... Eleven. It's it's not bad. Remember, yeah. we're ten I mean, years younger than you are. Dude, no, I'm saying. You don't, we don't, we don't have I'm a, saying the Velociraptor no, in the airplane talking to Doctor Grant. Like a no. critical okay. eye. We're well, just we're into we're into dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just a really cool. But I, you know, I've come to say that too. Is like you know, like that's kind of like I like those types of movies. Same as like I like the Mummy series, except I didn't even bother watching the Tom Cruise one because fuck that shit. You don't need to. Yeah, um, I did, so did don't. Did you? Yeah, don't. Oh, oh. Um, Tom watched it, so you didn't life. have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like that whole... But it get, it's it's a good story that keeps carrying on. There's, you know, little bits of funny aspect to it to keep it light. There's a lot of adventure and, you know, like kind of like the thrill. Without there being too much drama behind it, they kind of brought that in with Jurassic World and the clones. Oh yeah, it mm-hmm. definitely jumped. Like a now bit they're of a going there. more dramatic with it, or right? A megalodon. I was gonna say they jumped the megalodon. Yeah. yeah, the megalodon. Um, um, but you know, it's well. See, that's an interesting point of view you guys were talking about as far as the uh, smaller culture versus the the larger fandom as a whole. Because we were talking about uh, earlier, we were talking about things like um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas had a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And yeah. A ton of merchandise. It's so much. Still yeah. pumping out merchandise. It's so still much. a huge deal. I mean, like it for. But the story a, doesn't change. Right. Well, for such a small movie, for such a a ninety minute thing, yeah. to have such a big life is insane. You don't see that. Like you can't. No other movie. Disneyland has an entire oogie boogie fest. Right. Like Did they really? literally. Yeah, it goes for a freaking month. Of a whole Halloween themed party around the characters from this one movie. Wow. One day we're going. Yeah, that I mean that movie has sold a lot. I mean it's got you know, where they they had that remake where they redid all the songs in like two thousand and seven. Yep. I think mean, Marilyn Manson was involved with like half of them. Yeah, they, I mean it's just it's cool to see something so small get so much life breathed into it. Like I watched Willow for the first time the other night. I was gonna talk about Willow. And, like, I haven't watched I've it so heard long. about Willow. I've heard about a it a lot never. over the years. How and was it's it? It's like it's a, it's not good. Not good. <laughs> I mean, no movie? offense to anybody that's a fan of it, but it's not like, like Mad Mardigan. Yeah, no, Mad Val Mar- Kilmer. Val Kilmer's a badass no matter what. But it's not a it's not a very well written movie. It's kind of it's just kind of goofy. I mean, it's a definitely an eighties fantasy movie like i to be honest i wasn't really a big fan of labyrinth i wasn't either and i get a lot of crap for that right and it's but it's just in that same vein where it's just kind of like over the top fantasy i can appre- i can kinda, appreciate it i just yeah, don't I mean, I, really i get got it, into it but it's not for me but that's one thing i, was I wasn't into say, staring like, at david bowie's crotch when you're a little kid being a fan of something you do get labeled as being the fan of that thing mm-hmm. and that can kind of like stick with you stick with you and like being the nerdy kid and getting stuck with that kind of sucks. So then what does border on to being a stigmatization? Right, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, things are changing nowadays, but being the Star Trek kid probably wasn't very fun. No. You know? Being the sports kid was always kind of like, you know, the expected thing for being a male. Like, you watch mm-hmm. Michael Jordan win the 4-5, you know... 
and ever you know it's the cool thing but being the star trek kid and being excited for wrath of khan Mm-hmm. was not cool so it's it's hard it was harder to be a fan of stuff when you're a little kid but now that you're we're adults you can well, I think you're I'll... more comfortable in your own skin now you can really be a fan and right. really embrace it whereas mm-hmm. as a little kid you kind of felt shied away from some things i think a large part of that has to do with community mm-hmm. uh when like when for instance when i was growing up i was the star trek kid uh, it was more difficult to be the star trek kid because unless you're going to conventions are meeting other like-minded people, you're always just going to be kind of in your own little isolated bubble being the nerd kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like, with sports fans, you've got the community built into, I mean, as long as you're into the local team. Right. Um, like, for me, growing up, it was the Broncos. Right. Because where I lived, I lived in uh, Colorado Springs. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, as long as you were into the Broncos, you had a built-in community of people you could talk to. Now... With the advent of the internet, I think that changed a lot of of fan communities for the better, for the worse. I mean, kind of a toss up because it did enable you to have these bigger communities with more widespread communication, uh, talking about like minded things, coming up with ideas like shipping and fan theories and such. Uh, but it also gave rise to the advent of toxic fandom and more readily available ire. Mm-hmm. via the internet so uh i think there's also that as well uh, it's always been a matter of the size of your community that kind of dictates the whether or not the label is a stigma or whether the label is something that you're readily going to accept does that make sense yeah well because like like i said like being for me be, i was kind of the sports kid growing up in our family like i was always playing sports so like i was just expected to like that kind of stuff. Right. And Danny being a girl was not expected to like anything. That's really unfair. Well, it's, I don't think that was our family's fault. I just think that's, <laughs> you know, I didn't mean to put yeah. that no, on. No, society you know, in general. Right. I think it's just as a girl, yeah. like, you're you're allowed to like Barbies and yeah, pink this... things, but you're not allowed to watch to right. Star well, that Trek was, and stuff. Yeah, that was how, I mean, that's just how it was. Like, I, I had Barbies. I had a giant Barbie playhouse in my room but I literally, like, I dressed them all up in, like, these fancy clothes because I thought, like, it was cool, like, the fashion of them. And then I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go to my brother's room and freaking play Mario Kart. Yeah. Like, you know, I would go, like, build. I got the girly. Do you remember when I got the girly Lego, like, house set thing? Yeah, I remember that thing vividly. And I, yeah, and I just, like, put everybody in their place and, like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to play with the shark pit in my brother's room now because yeah. he had the Lego shark pit and it was... Which was sick. Super cool. Um, you, you know, like, Sparta kick soldiers into the shark pit. Well, like I think, like, it's... it's. <laughs> okay, I mean, looking back 20 years later now, like, there's hindsight of, like, what stuck. Mm-hmm. Like, you're still into the same things, you know, the nerdy stuff, but, like, you don't have any Barbies kicking around. Mm-mm. You're not watching any Barbie reunion shows. Oh, no, we are. Mm-hmm. But it's just because of our daughter. Like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. Yeah. But, like, there's nothing that, like, the the stuff that was forced mm-hmm. on you doesn't really come back. And it took a while for you to, like, right. find your nerdy stride mm-hmm. and be comfortable with it mm-hmm. because of society and, like, you know. Right. Well, I think it gives you a different perspective now. It, it does. It's much, it is much more acceptable because of the times that we live in and, you know, nerd, nerd culture being the cool culture now. Right. Nerd culture is just pop culture now. Right. Well, but that allows our kids to be as nerdy as they want to be and it's okay and it's accepted. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we were kids, it's like, 
you know, you do that stuff at home, and then when you go out, you do your sports thing. Or, like, you know, I was in scouts, so I was, you know, the scouts thing, and that's what you did outside, but your fandom was what you, you know, just the cool shit you kept at home to yourself. Whereas now, like, you know, my daughter's got, like, Mario pajamas. Right. I love those pajamas. Yeah. Well, like, she wore them to, like, school pajama day. She's like, look at my cool pajamas. Like, everybody thinks she's cool for liking Mario. Well, when we were kids, your fandom was nothing except for what your parents decorated your birthday party as. Yeah. (laughs) Trolls! Right. Whatever the shape of your birthday cake that year was what your parents made you be a fan of. I remember distinctly... No to our parents, but every kid in our generation, that's how it worked. My mom bought me a... The fucking R2-D2 cake pan, right. where it's just the shape of R2-D2, but if you didn't paint, if yeah. you didn't frosting yeah. it to look yeah. like R2-D2, it just looked like a weird eight hours stipple, or stippling it with <laughs> yeah. individual yeah. frosting tips. Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. how you decorate cakes back But then. that's, I mean, like, that's really what was. it was in our generation was, like, yeah. there, you weren't constantly into something because there, you couldn't get into constantly into something because it was only on TV Wednesday nights. Right. So uh-huh. there was unless, no ready access. Unless you kept yeah. your Halloween costume and put it on every week to watch your favorite show, like you couldn't be that big of a fan of something. There just wasn't mm-hmm. that much of it. But now there's merch, there's the internet, there's Streaming. there's fan right or there's fan fiction, there's fan shows, there's conversations that you can take part of with other people than mm-hmm. your sister and your brother-in-law. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, you can get into something and have a community around it nowadays mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier. And so I think Aside from, you know, the age thing, culture has changed into, like, fandom being big slices of life rather than just what you were secretly into at home because you didn't want to have to talk about being the nerd at the water cooler. Well, so, yeah, and um, with that, too, I think, you know, the very idea, like, when we started talking about, like, the nerd by proxy was, like, yeah, like, a little bit, you know, like, there's nerdy things that I kind of liked and got into, you know, like Mario Kart when we were little because it was okay and it was cool to be that. It was something I genuinely liked. I know about Dragon Ball Z because you liked it. Mm. I know about, you know, like, like Ninja Turtles. They're cool. And, like, I still think they're cool, but they're not necessarily my fandom. And that's the same thing, like, when I met Kevin. Like, there's things, like, he's very much a fandom of where it's... But there's... And, you know, I got a lot more exposure to th- some things because of that. But there's very much, I think, a different mindset between like being nerd by proxy because like you get into something maybe because somebody introduced it to you um you go along with it just because you want to be a part of the group like you don't honestly give two shits about you know maybe going and seeing a panel but you're gonna go because everybody else is versus going because you honestly want to the that other person wants to go and they want you with them so you're gonna go support them even though maybe like you're like all right that was cool like, so what, what, on to something else. <laughs> what, what few things has, like, Kevin's rubbed off onto you of being, like, a nerd about in the last few years? Because I know Kevin, like, recently got into, like, the old school video games. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, you know, mm-hmm. bringing back the Nintendo and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, we grew up on the Nintendo. Do you, have you gotten back into it because of Kevin? Or, like, yeah. other yeah, things like, like that? Yeah, like, it's a, like, I've gotten into playing, like, you know, like, Morrow World and things like that. And the newer versions... Um, I'd say the Switch has been really, really instrumental for that. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, you know, like, other stuff, like where I, you know, maybe wouldn't have gone so much for it because it was like, oh, you know, I totally remember loving that as a kid. 
But then, you know, not having somebody who's there to be like, yeah, you know, it's totally cool, like, to like what you like and just do what you want to do with it um, is definitely a, a different thing. You know, I've learned, you know, I've always liked the idea of, like, Star Wars and things, so I never really got into it. But, you know, he's a huge nerd of it, so I've been more introduced to it. <laughs> then she marries me, and it's all Star Wars well, all the time. Let's, and... let's pop. Um, we didn't watch Star Wars much growing up. No. Because our parents weren't into it. And like, nope. we don't have fucking blockbuster cards. Yeah. We're four. Now no but one has a blockbuster card. Our, our, our mutual brother-in-law, our oldest sister's husband, was super into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So when they got together and we started spending a lot of time getting babysat by the two of them he took us to see phantom menace opening weekend Mm -hmm. and that's when i got huge into star wars Mm -hmm. and like for you not really didn't really get hooked on it but now that you live with kevin you're kind of getting into it well i get more of like the story Mm -hmm. but it 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 felt like before like it was again kind of that thing of um it was intimidating because if you go out in public and you say oh i like star wars it's like Oh, what'd you like about it? What the, was your favorite movie? Why did you like that? Him. You can't like Jar Jar Binks. Well, I would like, say <laughs> that the bar was set kind of high because we, the first time we see Star Wars and then all of a sudden Carl has like a Star Wars Monopoly set and we're like, oh shit, you're really into this. Like mm-hmm. we were just, we, it was just a movie five minutes ago. <laughs> now it's, now it's a thing, yeah. you know? So it's, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Fuck you, you got a Star, you know, you got a Darth Vader coffee mug, fuck. Yeah. Um, I used to, it got broke. It did. What about you, Kevin? Has anything gone the other way on this street? Have you gotten into anything that Danny was into that you didn't like before since... I would say... I I think he dives more into his nerdy because I'm okay with it. That's good. Oh, I definitely would say that's good. It's good to have the support. uh, I got into the Hunger Games books. I read all of the Hunger Games books because of you. Oh, cool. I, I mean... I didn't know you knew how to read. Hey, thanks. I've been reading (laughs) college sophomore level since second grade. You've been reading since before I was born. Easily. But uh, I would say that, uh, yeah, I, I, I got more into things that maybe I wouldn't have been a, uh, as big a fan of or introduced to uh, because of Daniela. Like uh, the, fa- uh, the, the the Hunger Games books, uh, I'd seen the first movie mm-hmm. and Daniela would say, oh, well, the books are better. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. I don't have a lot of time to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm busy all the time. Yeah, I work 60 to 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm home, I'm trying to do things like podcasting or uh, the cooking show or doing, you know, just sitting on my ass watching YouTube because I'm so yeah. fucking tired I can't move. Yeah. That was last night. But uh, I sat down and I read the books, and the, the books were really easy to read. They were very accessible. The story was coherent. It made sense. I really enjoyed the books. Mm-hmm. I'm excited that they're coming out with a prequel. Are I'm they? curious to see how that yeah. goes. Cool. That breathes, that'll breathe some life in your fandom. You're going to get another wave of merch. Which I'm kind of excited, <laughs> right? Like, I'm kind of excited about that. I will say, okay, so one of the things that kind of, like, stumbled me in my fandom of The Maze Runner mm-hmm. was the third book and the way it ended. I, like, I didn't go on to read the fourth book, which you is mean actually... super a, disappointing and sad? Yes, which was a prequel <laughs> to the entire thing of how it started. I was just like, you know, like, table flip. I don't even fucking care anymore. Right. Like, all of it up to, like, that last chapter, I thoroughly enjoyed. I did not like the way they did some of the things in the movie, but I felt that same way with... I think that's, that's always going to happen. Like, there's going to be things in Lord of the Rings I really like in the movies, 
that if I, you know, go back and read the books. Having read the books, they're they're very, very dense. There, maybe, like a character doesn't exist. Uh, quite a few. Well, quite, yeah. quite a few. Quite right. A few. In Lord of the Rings. Right. So, like, then I go back. Well, the Lord of the Rings books are more, like, biblical. In the sense that uh, you're going to get a lot of so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, uh, so-and-so from yeah. the first age. You need, age, a, blah, you need blah, blah. a fucking flow chart. To <laughs> and don't even get into the right. Cimmerillion. The Cimmerillion's fucking damn near incomprehensible. Yeah, no, that's well, Old Testament for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, but I've read the books, and so I feel what you're saying. Yeah. is like, And maybe that's the way to go. Maybe coming into it from the the films and the movies, mm-hmm. you can watch it and go like, okay, like I like these fucking Harry Potter movies. These are great. And then you go back and read the books and go, oh, yeah, it's got need, all this shit I like from the movies. Get the, get the Costco sample out of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The movies, the Costco sample, and you're like, oh, I'll buy a whole bag. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. You but, get to deep. You get to dive deeper if you read the book secondly. And I did the same thing with Game of Thrones. I got to the end of Game of Thrones, watched the entire series. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, all right, well, I'm on these long trips and road trips that I have to go on for work. So I'm going to I'm going to listen to the books on tape because fucking if you read in a car, you don't get car sick. I don't understand how you do that. But so I listen to the books and they're deeper, they're denser, there's changes, but then there's more characters. But the main story beats are there. And it's like, oh, okay. So I'm still a fan of both, but you can you can be like, oh, okay. Well, the books are better. The books do add more, you know. Right. Well, and there's things too that you can look at, like they, maybe they changed. And you're like, right. oh, they really should have done that on film, or I can oh, see like, why they did yeah, that. Yeah, why did mm. I can see why they also didn't? You know, they cut out this because maybe it's three chapters of meandering. Oh, and, that's you know, Lord I mean, of the Rings for sure. Right. So, there's a lot of meandering. But like, okay, so honestly. Like, there's some things, too, that you're like, oh, man, I hope they do this right. But there was one thing that with uh, particularly the Hunger Games trilogy was going into the movies. I was like, I really hope there's just this one thing that they change and they didn't. And I was like, God damn it. You had every chance to make this better (laughs) and you didn't do it. And that was, you know, Phineas' death. I was like fucking don't do it in the movies just don't do it don't take that away from us and they did it and i was like god damn you mm-hmm. well it's like every time they revamp the ninja turtles too it's like you have every opportunity to make this good and then they find new and ingenious ways to fuck it well up. it's just so weird they like, go overly stylized well yeah it's the turtles thing it's like when noses. you when you have an i an Michael ip Bay. that you can tell people like for certain reasons and then you change those few things it's just like, well, bud, did you not fucking read the memo? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's why we bought right? this franchise was for you to capitalize on pizza. There's barely any fucking pizzas in this movie. Right. Well, how are we going to get our Domino's fucking advertising dollars? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah. Like, there's so much fan outrage. That's what I kind of think of why, you know, George R.R. R. Martin took so long to write the last book. Like, at first, he was just like, oh, I have a bit of writer's block. But then it got so far so fast, I think he really just sat there and he's like, fuck it. I'm going to see what they do with this. And what I like, I'll keep. What, <laughs> what outrageous fans, I'm going to fucking change them so my books sell more So because they're better. Dude. And I, th- <laughs> I totally mentioned this theory that you had in another episode. We were talking about the exact same thing. And I mentioned it. I'm like, oh, my wife had a theory about this. And there you go. Why wouldn't now you Now you get it from point. the horse's well, mouth. That's the thing. With like... the Hunger Games, there was so much outrage about Phoenix's death that it's like, in the movies, they're like, oh, fuck it, we're going to keep that in. It's like, No! This was your one chance to make it better, yeah. and you didn't 
do it. Yeah. Well, but that's another thing. It's just like, I mean, there's a lot of a, a lot of huge things where like mm-hmm. you're like, well, that should not have ended like that. Mm-hmm. Like Harry should not have got Ginny. Like let's just let's just. <laughs> so it's just like how, but how much of these movies are you gonna change? Where just to make things better, right? Yeah. So where do you right. draw the line? I know. Right. I know. So the, I mean, but as a fan, you kind of tolerate your the things that you love. Later versions getting shit on because the things that you like got changed. Mm-hmm. So it's you mean it's, like Han Solo shooting first. Right, right. To be fair, Han Solo shot only. Han Solo getting his head glitched out sideways and looking all goofy and like yeah, the walkie talkies in ET. ET yeah. just, you know, I mean, there's little things that just like really flare you up as being a fan of something that wouldn't bother people that aren't fans of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes you a fan is that you care about it. Right. Mm-hmm. You you invest. Right. You emotionally. Invest emotionally. Often financially. Often financially, I was yeah. just going to say. That's when you know you really cross the line is when you're paying to get tattoos of shit. Yeah. We talked about the idea of getting tattoos of Jack. <laughs> oh, yeah, we talk about getting tattoos all the time. Yeah. So no we don't, we don't pay for, for it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Ain't, ain't got no money for that. We're going to take a quick break. Speaking of money, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, we'll come back here in just a moment. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one convenient place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, thanks for coming back. And uh, so uh, we were talking about, uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, what you tolerate as far as changes in your fandom. Uh, Because you're a fan, you're willing to tolerate this, that, and the other thing. But (laughs) as far as tolerating goes, let's open it up to the conversation of what kind of fandoms do you tolerate as a result of being introduced to them through your other friends, because your friends are passionate about it, because your spouse is passionate about it, because your brother's passionate about it. And I'm going to kick this specifically to you, Daniela. Uh, let's talk about... <laughs> now, I'm a fan of a great many things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been shy about my fandoms. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say... If you had to pick like a couple of fandoms... I've that... four or five of them. Jesus, I don't want to go on a tear or anything, but... Pick something that 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 I mean that I yeah I'm a fan of that you're not necessarily a fan of but that you tolerate uh, to because you love me. But, but because tolerate of proxy. or just I'm well that you're not a fan of maybe but, aware like aware of you know that he's a big fan of and you're just like man what the f- why are you a fan of this <laughs> not, not that it's you know just like stuff that you don't really latch on that you just don't get yeah, yeah it's just in your uh, in your zone the whole um what's it what is Kevin Smith call it with the first universe. It? Yeah, oh. I don't get any of it. Ouch. I've watched all of it because of him. Well, except for Chasing Amy, I think that's part of the best one. But I can't. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. Well, I mean, it's but, stoner but, humor, so I wouldn't expect you to necessarily but, I mean, get it. Me, I've never I wouldn't been, expect you to get it on that merit then. Eh. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I just. I don't. I just. I don't, I don't get like me. a lot of the dumb humor stuff. 
Yeah. Stoner just, humor. Okay, I get, it's not dumb humor. It's dumb. It's dumb because no, you no, don't get no, it. No, no, no. I mean, it's because I think the first one you probably saw was because of me because I liked Mallrats. I rented yeah, Mallrats we a bunch. Yeah, Mall we Rats. watched Mallrats. Because um, what's her name is super hot. Which um, one? Shannon Elizabeth? No, the other one. Um, Joy Lauren Adams? No, the other one. Fuck this. The blonde one or the brunette one? The, Oh, Claire Forlani. Or Claire Dan- I'm just going to grab the DVD. Grab the DVD. Um, <laughs> we'll edit this part out. No, they want to hear about this. They want to know who you I want to, talk. We all want to know. Now that you're outside of the microphone range. Uh, her name's not on here, nor is her picture. Was it the chick that Google TS was it. into? She's the one that's in um, Chasing Amy. She's the blonde one. The blonde. Joey Loren Adams. Is it? Yeah. All right. well, I already said that shit. I thought her name was different. I always thought she kind of looked like a like a version of Reese Witherspoon, a little bit. She she does have a squeaky voice, but I like. But her. yeah, I can understand being it's around on the VSK universe and not really getting it and not really understanding why yeah. it's because it is it's it's something that people are like really into and it's a fan labeled VSK universe. I think. Yeah. Like I don't know if he's the one that coined it, but it's definitely like. The fans are the ones tying all this together because there's not a continual thread unless you create one. Kind of. I mean, the overarching thread is brought together by Jay and Silent Bob as characters. Right. But then you have, for instance, he talked about it in an interview. He talked about how uh, there were certain movies outside of the Viewisk universe that included characters that, for one way or another, went their way into the Viewisk universe. Like with Jay and Silent Bob reboot, uh, he had the. The lawyer character from, or there's a character from, uh, uh, was it, uh, Zack and Mary Make a Porno, played by Justin Long. And Justin Long's character, that movie, Zack and Mary Make a Porno, is not set in the Viewisk universe as a whole, Mm -hmm. but now we've got fan theories tying the universes together because Justin Long's character made the jump from... Viewisk Universe, or from uh, J- uh, Zach and Mary to Viewisk Universe, um, even though Kevin Smith says he can't put the official stamp on that because he doesn't own the rights to Zach and Mary, but uh, which must be a terrible thing as a creator to have things that you don't own the rights to. But well, I'm sure that happens a lot in Hollywood. I'm sure it's... people finance things for whatever reason. Yeah. But uh, no, okay, so I get, I get that. I mean, the Viewisk Universe is kind of a a niche, if it's... you will. Yeah, if you're not into the their breed or their brand of pithy dialogue, you're not really going to get dick into and fart that. jokes. Well, I mean, it's it's more than that. It's just you know, it's but like the <laughs> being a fan of a genre of something, you right. end up liking stuff that's associated with that genre just because it's kind of underneath that umbrella, and it may not be something that you're really a diehard of, or that like later on you'll mature out of, right, and not really. You kind of, yeah, you kind of have to live with that baggage of oh man, I was into yeah, it was stuff. Yeah, it's just like well, that's a good way to look at it, right? I mean, I'm not into fucking corn anymore, but when I was 15, sure, sure shit was, and not like anything against corn, but like you just you grow not, and mature, your yeah, tastes mature, your things change a lot. You know, you're and, not always the same dude, and a lot of stuff. Yet yeah, you look back on and cringe, but it's not the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> well, yeah, and, and 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 more to the point of 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 what you're brought up on, and you talked about how you influenced Daniela. But at mm-hmm. certain points, I also realized that my musical taste, even if we're going to talk about music, because music is definitely a fandom. Yeah, uh, my musical taste was influenced in large part by my older sister Kim, uh, yeah. because I would hear the things that she was listening to: uh, Guns and Roses, Metallica, right. Violent Femmes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the 80s rock, LA Guns, things like that. And I wasn't necessarily into that back back when I was that age. I was more into you know Snoop Dogg and N.W.A. and Tupac Shakur. I was the whitest kid in, in uh, Colorado Springs bumping Tupac for sure. But, um, Did you have long hair at this point? Uh, no, I, I had just regular check. hair just at that point. I didn't have long hair until I was in uh, my 20s. But... Um, my musical taste grew out of, not necessarily, I still have a warm spot for, you know, old 90s hip-hop, and I'm still into that very much, but my musical taste broadened into more rock and metal uh, as a result of my uh, interaction with my sister's music. So, mm-hmm. uh, hey, for what it's worth, Kim, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, you're definitely influenced by what you brought up around. Yeah, so. I was definitely, I mean, radio music when we were growing up was like Bone Thugs and Harmony hmm. and like a lot of hip hop, mm-hmm. a lot of Backstreet Boys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like, I wasn't, you know, into it or against it, but it's just there and it's just kind of like what your reality is. And then right as you get older, you kind of find your own thing and like, especially music, that's one that you change a lot based on like your moods. But, like, movies and stuff like that, I feel like it's more ingrained into a lifelong thing. Like, you're not going to, like, look back on Lord of the Rings and be like, man, I can't believe I watched that movie. (laughs) You know, but I'm, like, not listening to Panic at the Disco anymore. Right. So. Right. Well, I mean, everyone's taste is going to grow and mature. And there are going to be things that fall by the wayside. Um, There's going to be things that you take with you. Like, for instance, video games. Yeah. As you talked about, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge into retro video gaming. I collect systems. I have something like 75, 80 video game systems, I believe, was the last count. And the video games to support all of them, mm-hmm. which I have a very supportive wife. Thank you very much, Daniela. Mm-hmm. She's glaring at me right now. I can but. feel it. I didn't even know. <laughs> this is what happened it's when I quit Med- smoking. That's Medusa. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I quit smoking I, and I channeled all of my money into that. Yeah, I'm. Well, yeah, it like the collection habit. It like it morphs from different types of collections, but at the end of the day, I'd much rather him buy a retro tiny ass arcade cabinet. I love than my go tiny. back to smoking. I love my tiny cabinets. Yeah, I mean it's. It's good to, and it's. I think it's good to switch gears between fandoms. Like you really like, yeah. kind of dive into something for a few years, mm-hmm. and you kind of like get your fill of it. Right. Like I got into building Gundam models, and like I built quite a few. You of built them. a lot. I built quite a few. I remember of them really fast, and like I got really good at it. And, you know, like I have an air, you know, an airbrush booth, like the whole nine. <laughs> and so, like, but like once you get like really into something, you kind of like. Step back. It's uh, it, well, yeah. It, it either becomes like who you are, or you kind of just have to move on mm-hmm. and see what else. Sticks. And see what else is out there. Yeah. Like, like with Kevin, like once you collect all the handhelds, yeah. Well, they they're not gonna keep fucking making them, you know. So you kind of like, no. Kinda, thanks a lot, Nintendo. You kind of exhaust your hobby, and mm-hmm. like 
whether you're just doing research and talking about it, it's, you can't really actively pursue it. Right. And, like, See, now, yeah, like I said, I'm finding new ways to, to do my, my video game fandom is because I collected a lot of the easy-to-collect video game systems. Mm-hmm. And then I found that there's really, I mean, where do you go from there? Yeah. I still want to be an active part of the, the collecting community. but So now I've started uh, developing uh, an interest in little miniature versions of cabinets mm-hmm. like they've got these little keychain ones that are like what is it like three and a half inches tall yeah and they're fully functional and i fucking love them they're so hard to play and oh, in yeah. fact i just backed my first kickstarter mm-hmm. okay i guess my second kickstarter but i backed a kickstarter for it's a company called replicades and they do 12 inch so you know 12 inch tall versions of arcade cabinets mm-hmm and the first one that I picked up here, and I'm gonna—I'm not gonna get it till March, which is the sad part about Kickstarter. But the one I backed is Dragon's Lair, one of the most difficult games to play in the arcade. Don Bluth animation, all that—it's a fucking beautiful system. Brought down to 12 inches, and I'm so excited for that. I mean, I'm kind of deviating into into the arcade aspect of video gaming, mm-hmm. uh, and, which is fun. We, and I and I believe we share that interest, yeah. Yeah, I built a arcade cabinet, and then it wasn't very rad, so I took it, I took it <laughs> apart, and I started building another one, and then uh, I had to move, so I kind of put the whole thing on pause, but it's just, it's cool to, like, really find something, and then, like, dive into it in different ways. Like you said, like, you were into collecting our, the old stuff, and so, like, now it's into cabinets and stuff, and it's like, well... It's the getting the tiny little different cabinets and seeing the artwork and stuff that makes you more... Of like a fan of arcade cabinets and not just like a fan of like the one game Dragon's Lair. Like right. you could fuck it if you want to play Dragon's Lair, you know you can. I can go, download it. You can download it right now on your phone in twenty seconds and be playing it. But it's the fact like you want the little cabinet. Yeah, you want the the mark the light up marquee, and like that's really what elevates you from just being somebody that's like oh, I think that's cool. A passing like, fan I'm versus a, I'm a yeah fan of Dragon's Lair, dude. Let me tell you about that. Danny tolerates a lot of Kevin's random fandom crap i think that's why our relationship is so strong i would say it's about 50 tolerate 50 share for just from an outside perspective because like kevin's definitely into comics and i know danny's gotten into the movies just because they're good yeah so like that's um like with the whole the like the okay the marvel cinematic universe cinematic, yeah like i'm definitely a fan of the movies they were very well done i cannot get into comic books because there's a million fucking versions of them. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't read a like a storyline of Iron Man. You can't read a story yeah, it's like, of Oh, Iron I'm a fan Man. of Iron Man. Which I fucking gotta, Iron I Man? Yeah, it, I, and it boggles my freaking brain. I am a huge fan of comics and I completely agree. There's <laughs> there's literally too much of it and it's intimidating because mm-hmm. like you want to get into something like the comics. Yeah. And I think that that's great that you can have, well, fuck, now there's like eight Spider-Man movies. But I think it's nice that you can, like, dip your toes into a franchise and be a fan of it without having to dive into it too mm-hmm. deep. Yeah. Because, like, comic books are intimidating. Like, we got yeah. we got uh, their son um, into comic books, and he now I pay for a monthly subscription for him. Yep. And, like, <laughs> that's all he talks about is comic books. Literally Every all time he talks I see about, him, yeah. I, I yeah. see him, he's just like... How do you feel about this character? I'm like, 
who the fuck? <laughs> who? <laughs> He's even started I'm doing like, that with me, I'm and like, I'm like a huge geez. fan. I'm like, oh, is this the most obscure Is this a kid that you go to stuff. school with? Who the fuck is Flash Thompson? <laughs> <laughs> and like, no, 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 no. Flashback to my two-year-old that I used to have to peel his Spider-Man costume oh. painfully, slowly off of his body while he slept, so I could wash it and get it back onto him before he woke up in the morning. Otherwise, he was gonna freak the hell out. Yep. I bought him three of the exact same Spider-Man costume at one point, so we could just cycle through them yeah. because he was obsessed. William didn't with stand Spider-Man. a chance. Mm-hmm. Obsessed with Spider-Man. I don't even know how he ended up watching it in the first place, but he became obsessed with it. He was obsessed with it, and it was because of the both of you. Yeah. And then I came into the picture. He's my stepson. I came into the picture, and all hope is fucking lost. Yeah, like because yeah. I took that nerd little ball of clay. And I just fucking ran with it. And yeah. it's been so fucking awesome. And He's been my little nerd buddy. I don't want to say, like, we tolerate, because that's kind of like a harsh yeah, report. Some, yeah. But, like, we definitely, like, try to, like, we're, like, supportive of it. But it's just like, man, you're without, super into this thing. Without diving into it ourselves. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, we're, like... We he kinda, gets me sometimes. It's right. like, holy shit, that's a well, deep cut. It's like, as a family member, like, sometimes fandom goes a little too far and you kind of <laughs> worry about it, like... You just glaze over. Well, no, it's just like, you, you see people on... I mean, we've all seen those, like, Ripley Believe It or Not specials where it's like the whole dude's house is covered in Pez dispensers. Yeah. And you're like, dude... You've taken this a little too far. Yeah. And I'm sure sometimes you're like, Kevin, you spent a little too much money on these handhelds. And I know I've been like, Thomas, maybe you, sh- you shouldn't get a Dragon Ball Z tattoo. So it's just like sometimes as a fan, Such like a you really, you really, <laughs> right, you, right. No, I know. I'm like, shit, maybe I shouldn't have done that. No, it's sick. It's but, cool. Um, but, you know, you get, like as a fan, sometimes you really, like it becomes more than just an interest and it really kind of becomes who you are and it, how you express yourself and how you make like pick yourself up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like you really turn to, oh man, you know, I want to play my video game because that's really what cheers me up. A safe zone. So that's what right. I do with, so that's what I do with like Mario Kart Mario where I'm like, I really just need to like decompress for the weekend because maybe like there's projects going on at work that I'm like, up to my ears in like constant busy and stress like all week long and then you know you get home and you gotta take care of kids and everything and it's just rush 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 go 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 do 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 and then finally Saturday comes around it's like you know what? I need to not think for 30 freaking unplug. minutes I need to unplug. right now yeah I'm gonna play some freaking Mario World yeah <laughs> and again like I said I think the Switch played a large portion of of being more accessible for things like that because I don't think I don't think Daniela's gonna pull out my my Super Nintendo and and fire that up. She I mean, she can't even get behind the TV at this point. Yeah, so I think the Switch has been a large because I mean she's not gonna jump out and fire up my Super Nintendo. Fuck, it's in the garage. I don't even know how to get to that right now. Um, and I have the Super Nintendo Mini, which she could easily jump and fire in. But that's I mean it's not plugged in. We'd have to set it up, but. With the Nintendo Switch, she's able to jump on and play those pretty easily, mm-hmm. and they've been pretty good about. That's another hand, the Wii U, same thing. Kind of goes hand with like what we were saying about the internet is that like now things support your fandom. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it used to be hard to get a T-shirt with your favorite character on it. Would you say the internet would fuel your fandom? I would say it does fuel your fandom. <laughs> hey, look at that! But you know, it's hashtag crappy plug. It's it's it's. You can get that gas. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you like something, you can you can find it. You can make mm-hmm. it. You can really get out there. And I think it's cool that For sure. like, when you find something, if it's not as a fan, you'll make it. 
Mm-hmm. Like there, like there I could, yeah, I couldn't find a lot of wall decorations. Yeah. for for being a fan, so I started using those those perler fuse beads, mm-hmm. and I made my own wall decorations. Yeah, I got a big uh, a wall decoration dedicated to Mega Man. I got a big wall decoration dedicated to uh, Super Mario Two, which is my favorite of the Mario games. If anyone's asking, well, like uh, I feel like prop makers. Mm-hmm. Are like some of the most hardcore fans because they're like, well, I want the you know the snub gun from Blade Runner. They don't mm-hmm. fucking make that. So there's dudes out there like I used to make 3D, lightsabers, three D printing, yeah, making mm-hmm. your own lightsaber. Like that stuff is so cool. I feel yeah. like that's such a cool way to express yourself, and that's something that I've always wanted to get into. Well, you want to talk about catching a lot of shit for but, being a fan of? Yeah, but I've always I almost I've always got arrested kind of, for making a lightsaber. Oh, really? Oh yeah, and just I buying was... random creepy parts and googling no. how to make a bomb. <laughs> I was making it. I I made the mistake of making it in a public spot, uh, working on it on a lunch break, and uh, someone called the cops because they thought I was making a pipe bomb. So I had to explain. I had to explain to a cop that no, this is actually the body of a lightsaber, and here's what a lightsaber is, and here's how I'm basically a big fucking nerd. And super funny. Hey, on the plus side, I did not go to jail yeah. or get tased. So <laughs> that's a win when you deal with the police, right? Anymore, Tacoma police, yeah. Just, but yeah. so, like, I mean, I've always found prop building kind of intimidating. Like, I've done a little bit of goofing around with it, but... right? Yeah. Dice towers, are super sick. Yeah, the dice towers. I'm not even into games that do those, and they're fucking cool. Yeah, I didn't even. I don't even play D anD. d I made this huge dice tower, and it actually turned out great. But like, there's what is there anything that you guys? have wanted to get into that's just like a little bit too extreme or like it seems like it might be expensive like i i don't go to cons because i just can't afford to like right. i can't get the time off work i can't afford the ticket i can't afford the transportation i can't afford the food once i'm fucking in there i'm about 50 50 with cons uh, I, i've gone a few times but it's really expensive and right so that's for me that's something that i'd really like to get into but it's just like the barrier for entry is a little bit too high because mm-hmm. it's a 200 dollars investment to go Right. I mean, I can go to a small con, but that's free maybe even. But, you know. But then you want to do things like get autographs. And right. Get, I yeah. want to do the big con. So that's something that I've wanted to try but haven't gone into. Is there anything that you've been like, I want to do that, but a little too expensive for me? Or a little just too extreme or a little too hardcore nerd fandom that, you know, any intimidation. I mean, I can't really think of anything like that off the top of my head. The thing that um, it triggers in me is um, being a fan of... Um, Avatar and The Last Airbender mm-hmm. like the cartoon version of it it's um, like I really liked the show our, our friend Chris got us into it yeah thanks Chris um, but then like, if you find somebody who actually even knows about this thing mm-hmm. if you can even find somebody <clears throat> not in that Jamalon instantly no he doesn't they instantly shit. start talking about every other anime that you're into and you're like whoa, whoa, whoa hold yeah, up shit, take a yeah. step back because I'm not, I'm not into anime. It's just not my thing. Yeah. But I really liked The Last Airbender. Yeah. And I just like, it's like, I like this really cool thing. And I found somebody at my work. She came in one day and we sat next to each other in a meeting. And she's got the like those super sticky stickers on, all over her water bottle. Mm-hmm. And she set it down at one point And she had turned it enough that I saw that she had... An Appa sticker. Appa! And I was like, where did you find that? That's amazing. Yep, yep, she's Appa. like, oh, I found it at a con. I was like, god damn it. I'm never going to find that ever. So we started talking about the show. And, you know, we were really, you know, kind of nerding out together. And it was really cool talking about it. Because I finally found someone other than my family to talk to about this really cool thing. 
And then she started talking about another anime she was into, and I was like, oh. Glaze over. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, animes, <laughs> I, I've talked about this before, that, like, anime is definitely a category that gets lumped together, mm-hmm. and so it's hard to separate, like, no offense to any anime fans or the shows themselves, but it's hard to separate out the Cowboy Bebops from, mm-hmm. like, the Big Titty Monster shows. Like, there's yeah. definitely, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's one... Sure art style that happens to encompass an extreme mm-hmm. amount range. of yeah an extreme range let's be like well <laughs> i don't like opera so i don't like any other music because it's just music it's just like well n- you know not trying to say yeah. like you can't you you don't dislike anime and it's just like well it's such a huge thing like i would say that you're yeah you're intimidated to try these other anime shows because a bunch of them are weird well like and some, like, of, some like, of them yeah, some aren't like, very good and it's like the cheesy cute crap isn't your thing yeah so it's just too much and you don't want to be the anime nerd mm-hmm. maybe you don't, yeah you don't want to pigeonhole yourself yeah you don't want to yeah. pigeonhole yourself I, I, yeah just i mean from what i've been exposed to for some of it it's like i just you know like oh, i'm not into it but people Assume because I like Last Airbender that I must like all these other animes that they're also into yeah. that are maybe like super popular and things. Um, and I'm just like, eh. is there any, is there any of those shows that you wanted to watch but you're like, man, it's like 300 episodes. I'm not sure I should should even bother. Or it's like, because um, we were talking to your friend Mar- our friend Maria and she said that she's into Ruby, which is pretty similar, not very similar, but it's like. Mm-hmm. It's a cool anime style that's not very anime-y. Is right. that something you'd be interested in trying? Or is it just like you don't want to give anime stuff a shot because in general anime is not very cool and you just happen to like this one show? I don't, I mean, if I can find something I like, like I don't really mind it. There is some of like the animation styles that I don't super care for. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like the super pointy, over dramatic, you know... Anime, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, anime, anime. When you think of anime, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, like the, like the old school, like stuff like you used to see, like when we were a kid. That, oh you know, yeah, maybe... you hockey show. Everybody's got one hairstyle. Yeah, you know, like yeah, you know, like the crazy, you know, sword that's ten times their size. Yeah, they're gonna pick it up and wheel like it's a fucking butter knife. Bleach. Yeah, and, cloud. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like the over dramaticness of it, like you know. That person over there once looked at me, and now I hate them forever. Like right. Yeah, so, I mean, but yeah, you've got, you've got, you've got this idea of, like, anime, I mean, because that's... So you just got to find the right... I had to say, I had a very much the same problem with anime. introduction, and I don't mind the idea of exploring other things. Right. It's, I mean, I, it's, you know, I don't want to just shit on a whole category because I've not had good experiences with it or haven't cared for any of it. Right. But... I've yeah. got I've got a good one for you because the same friend that got us into Avatar: The Last Airbender, my friend yes. Chris, uh, got me in, and I, I had the exact same argument with anime. It's like, oh, it's too deep, it's too much, it's yeah. too eh, yeah, over exaggerated. Yeah. It's weird, yeah. Uh, he got me into uh, the original version of uh, Full Metal Alchemist, mm-hmm. and I actually oh, yeah. really enjoyed Full Metal Alchemist. Oh mm-hmm. well, see, yeah, there's a couple shows that the anime community kind of uses as like temples. To, right. Like, there's. Dragon Ball Z. Both Full Metal Alchemist, and then there's Cowboy Bebop, and uh, like Ghost in the Shell. Like, there's a couple softball ones that aren't weird. Right. And they're not the cute, chibi interaction where Akira. people's faces get all weird. Well, Akira's really weird. Akira's like, unless you're into sci-fi shit, you're going to find that like really trippy and odd. I am into sci-fi shit. Yeah, but if you're, <laughs> if, like, it's not one that anybody can get into, but like Full Metal Alchemist especially Brotherhood, is, like, such an accessible story. I haven't watched Brotherhood. Is Brotherhood really good? Oh, Brotherhood's way better. Oh, okay. Um, 
I'll have to get that. Not one. to get into too big of a tangent, but the original one was coming out at the same time as the manga, and it outpaced it, so they started making up their own stuff. So the second half just kind of stops making sense. Not that the Brotherhood makes a great deal more sense. But it's it's the original it's the author's intentions and it follows it. So it's like a full remake. It's like if they remade Game of Thrones after the Game of Thrones books are done and then they followed the books. Mm-hmm. It's basically Interesting. What they go off on their own well, I'm gonna have to pick that up. And yeah. Daniela, you can certainly come along for the ride. It's for a ten out of ten for sure. But yeah, I mean, like yeah, there's a lot of you know, like the Miyazaki movies. It's just like it's super softball anime that like it's Disney fun mm-hmm. that's gonna be more appealing to everybody. But the other hardcore weird stuff like Ninja Scroll that you know is out there too is kind of like a barrier because you know that it's like in the same group and you're not like don't want to go down that road. Right. Whereas like I'm, I'm not going to be like listen to Christian rap because I know somewhere ICP is down there. It's true. <laughs> they do branch into that. They did. But, but now, okay, so judge, spinning back to the original topic of, of Nerd by Proxy... Uh, Daniela, is there anything that you have found yourself becoming a fan of as a direct result of, let's say, for instance, your interaction with me? I know we've watched a lot of the same media together. That's because we're always together. Uh, there's really no opportunity. I mean, we get like one or two hours a night. If we're going to watch something, it's going to have to all be kind of agreed upon. Now, I know you and the boy watch a lot of things like Sherlock and, and things like that when I'm not here. Blacklist, Sherlock, a lot mm-hmm. of those crime drama type shows. Yeah, because again, it's the whodunit. Right, it's that mystery thing that you really mm-hmm. dig. But what about, uh, I know you watch you watch a lot of the Marvel movies because we all watch those in this family. Mm-hmm. You watch a lot of the Star Trek stuff, the new stuff. You watch a lot of the Star Wars stuff, the new stuff. We watch a lot of the DC Universe TV shows on the CW. Um, is there anything that you would say that you go past being passing fandom of that we interact with, either through me or the boy, uh, that you have become a fan of yourself? I would definitely, well, I've always been interested with the idea of Star Wars, but it was something that was very intimidating. Mm-hmm. And But now, like, it's much more like I'm allowed to be excited about things coming out and I can have conversations and it's okay if I don't know things because, you know, I'll get educated about it, which is, I don't know if that's <laughs> the right way to say it. At length. Yeah. Because well, you were 11 years old when The Phantom Menace came out. Yeah. So being an 11-year-old girl into Star Wars is very, very difficult. Yeah, and especially, especially in that, well, 11, that time. Well, and that has to do with representation yeah. as well, which we're going to have a big right. long conversation yeah. about that yeah. as well. But. I mean, that was, yeah. yeah. yeah then, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, yeah. like, so you being excited about Star Wars now is, I mean, it's a, a lot of it is being the culture that we're in as well yeah. as the age. And, I love porgs. Yeah, porg, she does love porgs. Porgs were cute. Haters gonna hate. I love porgs. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but I mean, yeah, and that is... With besides I mean, you know the representation and you know and all of that, uh, it again becomes part of the culture that it's okay to like things like that. You know, like my you know my eight year old daughter has you know like raised staff that we bought her for Christmas last year. You frowned at me when I gave her that. Oh, guys, the first thing she did was whack something. Yeah. Of course she did. She's super clumsy. I like, mean, why you gave that child a toy as big as she buying is? Buying a kid a you weapon know. is funny as shit. That's like, an uncle Hey, move. hey, hey. That's, it's a bow staff. Yeah, no, our kids have full-on nerf wars. Oh, yeah. yeah Until something it. falls off a shelf. Yeah, I'm sure. And then it's like... Yeah, yeah. We, we start screaming from the living room, What the hell was that? Nothing, nothing, we're okay. Well, so yeah, you, are you here? Ah! 
So you definitely got into got hurt? <laughs> Star Wars and Star Trek. What about, because I know Kevin's into like metal music, and I don't recall you being into that kind of stuff growing up. Still not. So, you, so, that, so that's something. That Our musical taste into. is not really so combined. That you, is that something you tolerate in the cars, or yep. do you guys find mutual ground? Not it's like it's basically so she'll tolerate it in my car. She'll no, so, tolerate it yeah. in my car, but I won't, well, and I have to tolerate her music in her yeah, so it's, that's car. What so it's I used be- to play by those rules. So yeah. My, yeah. my music. That's what it's become. My car, my music. It's for kind of, sure. It's it's definitely become that. So like it, it was kind <laughs> she of. She tries like, to torture me with it sometimes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. He'll just be like. Oh. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> listening to Conway Twitty, the poor bastard. Yeah. She's like, no, we're gonna listen to fucking Old Town Road no, or whatever the fuck, oh, it fuck is. that song. No, but yeah, so like, remember, like when we were kids, it was like we always listened to oldies music because it was the only thing in the car, all three of us, between you and I and mom, yeah. that we could agree. Right, on. I was just gonna say until Sis showed up, and then we listened to Prince. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot. That's yeah. an acceptable. Yeah, yeah, and then, no, yeah, me definitely. and my brother in the back seat, and like, like, yeah, no, we were like super into it, fucking. Def Leppard concert when we were kids in the middle of fucking Walmart parking lot. Yeah, yeah. so random mean, shit I mean, ever, a, but it was a, it was a, a pretty epic thing. day. Like, we got our music taste from Christy for sure. Yeah, definitely started out that path because the only thing we were exposed to was oldies. Right. A little bit of Aerosmith with Dad. I love Aerosmith. Yeah, for sure. I love Aerosmith. For sure. And then, um, like, I kind of got a, a love of country from Mom but now as I'm older, like, mom's still more into, like, the Western style of country music. Mm-hmm. And I don't even, li- I don't, I don't listen to country music quite as much as I used to. Liar. Because. No, she used to listen to it a lot. Yeah. But, um, because it's become more poppy. And it's yeah. It has that. I can see that. Like, 90s country was, like, kind of where it was at. Your country phase was like when we were in like Keith high Urban. school and right and that's when those dudes cool. no i'm not into country but the country was definitely a better. lot better then it was yeah. it was still well, country, pop music anymore production right. produced well it was a mm-hmm. lot of co- guitar stuff mm-hmm. and that's one that like i i at best tolerated i fucking hate country mm-hmm. i can listen to some johnny cat but that's what we were whenever we were in the car it's like the one thing we could agree on Okay, well, let's just listen to oldies. Right. It was the soul that's what we listened to. Yeah. And then when Kevin and I were in the car, I was like, we couldn't really agree on the same things. And we unless don't. it's like Aerosmith, maybe. Queen. Or Queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we all love Queen. The kids are super into Queen. Um, that's But how you now know we're it's doing kind it right. of morphed into my car, my rules. Yeah. <laughs> and but I always know when Kevin's in a mood for like really being creative with his cooking, because fucking I hear like Snoop Dogg come on. And like freaking, <laughs> like, I like old school, like hip hop is yeah. what's blaring from the kitchen. And I'm like, oh, Kevin's cooking something. Yeah, that's usually, uh, I, I had a wireless speaker in the kitchen that I would uh, fire up when I was cooking. And whenever I get <laughs> particularly <laughs> expired, it's that, that old G Funk era of <laughs> fucking hip hop. Every time. Just every pour time. a little gin and juice and start cooking. Yeah, right, right, exactly. for real. But yeah, so with, in the car with like, um, being a fan of music and stuff like yeah, we get in his car, um, and like he's gotten William really into like Five Finger Death Punch, and so now William's really into that. But William also listens you to country because I got him into that. Better. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I gave basically when uh, I gave when we gave William his phone, it's, I gave him a list of we we kind of combined. Really and like I, I gave him a bunch. Five Finger Death Punch. Right. I gave him a bunch of my music. <laughs> Danny gave him a bunch of her music. Yeah. Okay, because I he pay is. for Family Pass. You guys can have an email. He, oh, I he got does. one. I don't. I, I, I have William Spotify. and I on the T-Mobile free 
oh, Pandora. Yeah. It's like free for like the next three months, and then we'll go back to commercials. Well, you can have my. You can, you can have, have Spotify. Spotify's Spotify's Spotify is way better. Spotify have, better. have I mentioned no. that our podcast is available on Spotify Podcasts? Uh, that's where I listen to it actually. That's me too. And Hashtag it's, plug because it, it picks up where you left off, even if you come back like three weeks later. Yeah, nice. And actually, that's where I listen. To, uh, one of the main podcasts I listen to is uh, 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 Chris Hardwick's ID10T podcast. Yeah. Hugely, hugely wonderful podcast, and and that's where I listen to it there. But uh, not a sponsor, but you know, definitely available on. But yeah, I mean, I got I got him into I'm on a Marth. I'm on an Amana Marth phase right now. Some Viking metal. Oh really? I didn't even know what that was. You had to until I had you said to, it's Viking yeah, metal. Viking like metal. Marth. Are you coughing? No. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're from like I want to say Sweden or Iceland or something, and. And they do Viking metal. They like they had an entire album dedicated to uh, Loki from Myth, not Loki from Marvel continuity, but Mo- Loki from uh, Viking Myth yeah. and uh, or Norse mythology. And uh, the entire album is called Deceiver of the Gods, and it's fantastic. I would say that it's always been great the how supportive of the kids' fandoms you guys have been because mm-hmm. like even when it's something that is irritating to me. You know, I mean, when when your fifteen year old son won't stop beatboxing, <laughs> you kind of just want to, you know, you, you got you All really gotta tolerate it. Yeah. I've been There's, trying to find ex- good examples of beatboxing so for him to kind of support yeah, him. Yeah, so that. yeah, like I'll send him videos of like some if I, something pops up that I think is cool or something that I think he'll like. But then there's times where he just does, and I tell him I'm like, uh, there's a difference between beatboxing, beatboxing and mouth noises. No, but when you're re- Repeating the exact same beat for the last three minutes while we're in the car, I'll just get to the point where I look at him and I'm like, son, son, change it up, son, yeah. change it up. Yeah. I need you to change the beat or I need you to stop. Yeah. Change it or drop it. Like, it's just, you know, it's like, it's like, stop, stop, stop. You've been doing the same beat for 30 seconds. Please switch it up. There's no song that does the same thing. But that long and not get annoying. Yeah, that's why I try to find examples of, of hip hop that have that. <laughs> He's super into Michael Jackson lately too, and that's why he was Michael Jackson for Halloween. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, it's and like I can see certain other fandom stuff like getting kind of like rubbing on your nerves. Like I have friends that play like one video game, mm-hmm. and then that's all that they, all that we talk about when I see them. They're like, "Oh man, I was playing the game the other day," and I was like, "That's hard. whoa, <sighs> man. like, yeah. all right, you know," and like. uh my other nephew, we play video games remotely, and like that's how we like spend our quality time is like hanging out playing mm-hmm. Steam games. Right. So now every time I talk to him, it's what happened, what he's been doing in the game, and I'm mm-hmm. like, man, you're huge into this game. Yeah. And but- you got to be, you got to choose to share those kind of things in order to like maintain and build your relationship. So yeah. it's like, if you know, if if your brother-in-law is a huge Star Wars fan and you're a Star Wars fan, you can find that common ground. And like relate over to it, and right. I think like being fans of something like builds relationships, mm-hmm. and Definitely. is like a really good tool to like do more do more than just be connected. Yeah, right. like well, like so for our nephew's birthday, I bought I found like this throw blanket, and it's got like this really cool art style where it's got all the heroes masks and things like that, and he really liked From Overca- it. Or, uh, Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah. But then, like, he's telling me, he's like, Auntie, this and this and this. And I was like, baby, I don't know what yeah. that is. Like, yeah. I love you to pieces. I'm so happy that you're excited about this. You're speaking Greek to me, dude. <laughs> like, really. I'm just, he's like, okay, let me give you backstory. And I'm like, 
Shit. Half an hour later, I'm like, I still don't understand what you're saying. Just glazed over. Glad you're into it. What? Well, yeah. yeah. I, like, I went up, I stopped by their house and he ended up talking to me for 34 minutes <laughs> about Warframe. And I was like, man. Yeah, he's super into that. I, just trying to get William super into it. But, and, you know. but he wanted to talk to me about it because I told him I wasn't into it. And he was like trying to convince yeah. me to get into yep. it. Yep. And I was like, I get that, that too, a which, lot. Well, right. but again, and I was like, my man. If you want to share it with me, like I'm glad you, know, like, you have this really cool thing that you're passionate about, you're excited about. But just because you like it doesn't mean that I'm going to like it. Mm-hmm. So we need to have that understanding. Mm-hmm. And just because you've been doing it does not mean that I'm following along. So I don't know what the story is now. Five yeah. months later that you inter- told me right. about this thing at you one time. You told me about this thing once. And, and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, the, the boys, just, both, of, both of my nieblings, yeah. pick up stories mid-sentence uh-huh. that they started in their mind. Yes. They will start they <laughs> will start sure. talking. Absolutely. And then they will all of a sudden be like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> you haven't said anything yet. <laughs> that was your fucking opening. I don't I don't even know what you're on. Like yep. what are you talking about? Yep. What yeah, like, what are we talking yeah. You can't be on the same book if we're on the same chapter. Well he came into the kitchen the other night and he did he's like, Oh yeah, da 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 and I was like, What what are we discussing right now? I don't I get know what the lot. hell you're talking about. Yeah. But I, the the younger and more rabid you are, I think it's just great. I love seeing the fandom kid, I love in s- any form. Right, I love seeing the kids find their niche because it helps them find who they are as a person. Like mm-hmm. I was growing up, the sports kid, mm-hmm. until like I physically couldn't do it because I had like health problems with my tendons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like I really had to like switch gears into who who am I if I'm if I'm not pretending to be Michael Jordan. So mm-hmm. then, like, you know, I latch on to, like, video games, and then video games is who you are. And, like, your fandom is really more than just what you do in your spare time between work and school. Mm-hmm. It's re- That's really, like, where you find who you are as a person, I think. I agree. Yeah. And and I think that uh, a large part of the, the, the discourse between the nephew and, and you and sometimes our son and us is because they get so rabid about something that maybe they're interacting with their friends about. Like you said, they kind of open up with, you know what I'm saying, because they were having this conversation with each other, mm-hmm. and they just expect you to be a fan of it, mm-hmm. or uh, expect that you know where they're on about. And I think that's a large part of uh, when you're young, you, you're very myopic, you're very into something, and you're allowed to be that way. Mm-hmm. But as you grow older, you get more deep and more into, and you share it with your friends, and maybe not necessarily your parents. Mm-hmm. And and so that's them trying to interact with you on that level that maybe you're just, you have to work into. Yeah, they haven't found their community yet. Right. So right. they're still, they're trying to embrace and share it with the people that are around them because that's frankly all that they got. Right. Yeah. But as they get it older and they're able right to now. spread out and either you know find local people like at the comic book shop that they can become friends with or mm-hmm. friends at school that they like see share the share interests, similar yeah. interests they'll really settle into their fandom niche mm-hmm. and it'll be more than just what their interests are right mm-hmm. and which i think is you know what fandom's all about is really just finding where you are finding your group finding, finding your finding a group finding your interests finding your passions yeah. And I think that's a large part of the reason that I created this podcast. Again, I talk about it a lot in every episode, why I created the podcast. My my podcast is not centered around any one particular type of fandom for a reason. Because I truly do believe 
that anything you're passionate about is your fandom and and you will find that community and i get so much joy out of talking to people about the things that they are fanatical about the things that they are passionate about and it may not be something that i'm a fan of but it might be something i want to be a fan of it might be something that you explain to me and i'll be like oh okay well i'll do some more interest in or digging into that and maybe i'll become a fan of it you mm -hmm. know maybe i won't but at the same time, it allows me to have these conversations with people and really get them to open up and and reveal underneath the, 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 the soft, creamy underbelly of of what makes them as a person. Yeah, get ex yeah, they get exposed to things that you didn't, you never really considered, or like things that you know were big in culture, but you didn't really understand why. You'll really see, mm -hmm. get underneath that rock and see, find Patrick. <laughs> it's a Spongebob joke Spongebob joke not Patrick uh, who was on our episode last week or week before last so but uh, I, I guess that kind of uh, dovetails into a, a good way to kind of end this is is regardless of how you come across a fandom uh, whether it's as a child and, and you have to mature into the fandom um, or whether it's you know through your friends group through you discovering you can be and this day and age is, of course, wonderful for this. You can be a fan, and, and Daniela touched on this as well, you can be a fan of whatever you want to now. There's no limitations really anywhere. There's no, there's no gender limitation. There's no racial limitation. There's no uh, sexual orientation limitation. You can definitely find and be a fan of whatever you want. So truly it is kind of a glory age of, of being a fan is that no matter what you're a fan of, you can be. And not only that, you can find that community that embraces you and embraces that fandom as well. Now, I'm not going to say you're not going to find your toxic fans out there as well. Being a Star Wars nerd and being Star Wars fandom, being one of the more vocal of the toxic nerd communities uh, definitely lends itself to that. But at the same time, it, it, we're kind of in a golden age of being able to be a fan of something and have that built-in community readily available and accessible. And so not necessarily feeling like you're an outskirt fan or maybe uh, if you feel like you're a, a, a tag-along fan or a fan by proxy, you get to be able to look into this subject and, and deepen your knowledge of it, deepen your fandom, deepen your passion for it. So, you I mean, I think we've get, we've reached a point where uh, fan by proxy, nerd by proxy doesn't have to be uh, necessarily a, a negative stigmatization of it. You can definitely be a fan of, like, Daniela, you came into Star Trek through me, through your father initially, but through, through me large parts, and... You're almost as passionate about Star Trek Discovery as I am at this point. Discovery's a really It's so show. good. I can't. Tom, you need to watch that show. But, uh, like, we have, and, and me and you, we sit down and we have in depth discussions of mm -hmm. why it is that you like it. And I'll be able to, and I flesh out the things that maybe you don't know. And you bring to me a fresh perspective mm -hmm. on things that I had, maybe I hadn't thought about. And it's so refreshing to be in a culture and in a society where 
anyone can get into anything. It's readily available. It's right fucking there. Anything you want to know, we've got these little tiny computers in our pockets that can access the information and we're off and running. I think it's fantastic. So uh, as far as uh, uh, Nerd by Proxy, Thomas, do you have anything else you'd want to add? Yeah, I definitely just want to encourage everybody to be supportive of the fandoms that are around you with your friends and family, like, you know, with the nephews, if they're into beatboxing, t- you know, send them them YouTube links of somebody else killing it. If they're into, Absolutely. If they're into video games and they want to talk to you about it, you know, if, if it's free to play, download it and play with them for, you know, 20 minutes. It'll just get them stoked and it'll, like, feel like they're really... Connected. That what they're into isn't weird. That mm-hmm. it just it just shows that it's, you know, it's cool. You don't have to dive into it hard, you know. If your wife... Shit, maybe you do. Maybe, maybe you dive yeah, into you might, it. You, you love it too. You can love it. And so, like, if your wife's into a young adult novel, read the series. If your friends into Frank Sinatra, fucking watch the Rat Pack movies. You know, all this stuff that other people are into, try it out and show them that you support it and that it's cool to be into it, even if it's not your cup of tea. Absolutely. It, it, just because it's not the shoe doesn't fit doesn't mean it's not a sick shoe. Right, and, and and definitely tapping into someone else's passion makes you even more passionate about what you're into. Yeah, and just help them, you know, show them that it's cool and just help them support and just, you know, help them grow. Daniela, any final words from you? Be willing to kind of push the idea of, of something being intimidating. Um, even if that means, you know, talking about you know, something like, you know, like Star Wars, something with somebody who you're comfortable with talking about it, trying to get more of their perspective and help introduce you more into it, you know, do some navigating on your own more into it. Um, You know, don't let toxic fans or the scope of how big something is intimidate you away from diving into something that you might truly find yourself a part of. Something that might be rewarding to you. Yeah, like, you know, Mm-hmm. maybe trying more different outlets, you know, like me and the anime, like maybe, you know, there's other things out there. And if you got good ideas, like, you know, let me know and I can try them. And yeah, if I don't like it, then you know what? At least I gave it a shot. Right. As opposed to just be like, oh, nah, yeah. nah, not my time. You know, like, nah, bro. yeah, yeah. Not going to invest my time into, you know, that. Yeah. I Just, you can watch Monday night football. You don't have to watch the whole league. Yeah. You know, you can just you you can dip your toes and do it. You can like it a little yeah. bit and still be a huge and still be. Oh huge yeah, fan I'm definitely a home team. home team fan. I'm not the person at my yeah. work that is going to discuss every single play of the game they watched yeah. last night and how amazing it is. And I'm just standing there going, "Yep, yeah, glad, no. I'm glad you had a good time watching that. Like, good for you." Yeah, Never, I don't know any of this. Just stuff. don't compare yourself <laughs> to other people, and especially not in fandom. You don't have to. Be, it's not a competition. You don't have yeah. to know every Sith Lord. You, right. just, you can just like lightsabers. Yeah. It's cool. And it's okay <laughs> to be a fan of movies without having read the books. It's okay to be a fan of the books if you didn't like the movies. You can be, a, you know, getting... Get in, in where you fit in. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, don't tell somebody they're not a fan of something just because they haven't seen it. They are just a fan of that piece of it. Right. Um, that's totally okay. Right. I agree. 100%. Well, I want to thank you, Thomas, for joining me again. Thank you. And Daniela, thank you for joining me for the first time, and I hope we get to have more conversations like these. Mm. Uh, I kind of live with you, so I get to. Uh, 
But uh, I want to thank you all for joining us again for another episode of Feel Your Fandom. And uh, again, if you like us, uh, click on uh, any of the previous episodes. Give them a listen. Uh, if you like them enough to, to toss a couple pennies our way, again, you can uh, join uh, on anchor.fm slash feelyourfandom. And there's a button you can click to uh, donate directly to the show. All of that goes directly towards uh, show costs, like microphones and, and, and batteries and things like that. Shit that we need to keep this thing going. But uh, I really, truly want to thank you guys for joining us again. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. And as like I always like to try and remind everybody that uh, everything is fandom and fandom is everything. Take care.